It's the Russ Meyer film you thought you'd never see. Locked in a vault and forgotten about for over 40 years, Sticker Studios brings to you the lost Russ Meyer masterpiece, Vixens and Dragonfire. My liege, the western approach is falling, and Lord Calypius has brought his hordes to our shores. What is it you will have of your people? Look, I don't know what the hell your point is, but... The point is of no return, and we've reached it. We should just all relax. Here, baby. Pop the top before you blow your own. Remastered in PhiloVision, you'll experience Vixens and Dragonfire the way Russ Meyer intended. I'm of legal age for me, voting and loving. Now the next election is two years away, and my love life ain't getting much better. So how about some of that 100%? Women, let them vote, smoke, captain ships, even put them in pants. And what happens? Violent inbred mama's boy for king. This is my happening, and it freaks me out. Come on, Demetrius. The Baron's supposed to hit me with a couple of caps of acid. Andrew, the infamous Saint Ashley Ives, I a priestess of carnality. What thou think of our fair mistrels? Step into my web, said the spider, etc. My lord! My god! Lord Caliphius has unleashed a bloody dragon upon us! Yes, and it's got huge boobs! Vixens and Dragonfire, only on Blockbuster. Hello and welcome to Stinker Madness. It's the prelude episode for everybody's favorite Russ Meyer film, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Hooray! This is Jackie's pick. She's recently just been exposed to Beyond the Valley of the Dolls by watching the Life Itself documentary of uh, one Roger Ebert. You You hadn't even heard of this movie before that, had you? I hadn't, and it just seemed like the most awesome thing ever made, really. And Sam owns this movie. I own this movie reluctantly. Uh, as we will talk, touch upon briefly later, I always lump it in with Myra Breckenridge, and I feel like I like Myra Breckenridge better, but we're going to find out for sure, because I haven't watched either of them in about 15 years. I have never seen Myra Breckenridge. I haven't seen Beyond the Valley of the Dolls in about 15, maybe approaching 20 years. But I remember it's chock full of boobies. Holy cow, so many boobies. I remember not having that many boobies. Hmm, well, I remember Myra Breckenridge having no boobies. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, we're going to get to that this weekend, and we'll have the episode up after that. Moving into streaming do's and don'ts. We've got some yucky ones this time. we got some good ones. Yeah, but uh, we're starting out with an icky one. Hot Boys! Hot Boys! This sounds like a bad gay porno. That's what we said! You're like, how is this a rap movie? Hot Boys. And it, of course it's spelled Z. Hot Boys. boys. Uh, oh, yeah, because you can't spell. Mm. Yeah, Masterpiece, uh, Master Poop. So, Hot Boys. A couple of times, I have a really sort of funny, like, keep finding Hot Boys and keep putting it on the Netflix queue and keep getting it, like, vetoed away. And it's like the third time was the charm on this one that you're like, Hot Boys, let's it, let's watch it. And I had forgotten again, you were like, Master P directed this, and I was like, oh, 
fuck me. Oh, fuck. And the first time I found it, it was when I was in that huge Gary Busey binge when Eye of the Tiger and Bulletproof. Sure, and I was absolutely. like, Busey, 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 everything needs to be Busey. And I found Hot Boys, and I was like, this is going to be it. And Roman was super jacked about it. And he was like, Master P directed this. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, I want shit. fucking nothing to do with this. Got and we sucked didn't, the shocker. Didn't watch it. And then it got kicked off Netflix. It came back, and the same thing happened. And then Mark Snoop was like, dog. you know what? I don't want to watch this. Master P directed it. I was like, oh, fuck, Master P. No, thank you. And then I found it again on your Netflix. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be it. And uh, then when we started watching it, you're like, hey, Master P directed this. I was like, oh, fuck. This is why I keep not watching this piece of shit. Some guy that looks like Charlie Murphy. Bunch of... Ugh. Oh, and of course, Gary Busey. Oh, and Treat Williams. Treat Williams was in the movie? Yeah. No, not no, Treat Williams. No, like, uh, a trailer that we uh, watched Jeff Speakman. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Speakman not doing fast hands karate, which is bullshit. Oh, it was so awful. This is a terrible movie in any viewing aspect of it. Like, even... like if I, I am not part of the hip-hop crowd. You know, I'm just not... Dope. The hip hop. The hip hop. The hip hop is not for me. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not down with it. Um, but I think people that are down with it hate this fucking movie. They have got to realize that the, it is stupid. Like if you're in the hood and watching, like you know, Friday's going to be your movie. Friday and Scarface are probably your movies. And you might sneak in the Warriors every now and then. But you pop. Somebody brings in Hot Boys. I guarantee you, they get made fun of. Oh yeah. I think this is one of those things, because Master P has his own sort of weird following, that the Master P fan will, like, cringe when he's talking about the hot tracks that Master P did, and then somebody in the corner goes, what about Hot Boys? Hot Boys. And he'll be like, oh, you know, he wasn't feeling it that year, or whatever, however long it took to make Hot Boys. It's like the uh any of the Insane Clown Posse movies, or their album that had miracles on it. But so packaged a little bit more plausibly like oh this is this is how it is in the hood this is how life is this is how things work in the hood in, in gangs and crime uh, you can go from just some joe one day and then own your own house on top of a mountain in beverly hills because you're the pinnacle of it no no you just go into other crime gangs and shoot them all up and steal their shit and then that's how you do it this is so dumb the earth as it is seen by a fucktard named Master P. Mm -hmm. I find the most despicable aspect of this movie was that for the first five minutes during the Corvette, they got something right. That's oh. what makes me so hot. angry about it. It's not just the opening chase is hot, but it really it captured the spirit of the 90s Corvette. Does it go fast in a straight line? Not really, kind of. Will it corner? No. What does it do? It'll slide the ass end around a parking lot like fucking nobody's business. And you're watching it and you're like, holy shit, I would love to have one of these 90s Corvettes that doesn't go fast in a straight line or make corners, but I would wear out a set of tires in the Walmart parking lot in the middle of the night, you know, once a month. <laughs> and and feel awesome doing it. And then the rest of the movie is a stab in the eyes after that awesome chase scene. Yeah, it sucks. And stab everywhere. Your your soul gets stabbed by that piece of shit. That's two do nots. Jackie didn't didn't catch this one. She yep. also didn't catch the Out of next town. one. The next one is Wolf Cop. Oh, I wanted to see this one. Yes, I'm hoping for good reviews. We all wanted to see Wolf Cop. Wolf Sam Cop. and I watched Wolf Cop missed missed it it was like oh. and it wasn't even like they whiffed on the fastball 
It was just like somebody gave him a, a, a token pitch. Like, here's a 75 mile an hour right, aclo- right across the plate whip. And they said, wait, we're playing baseball? Yeah. I they thought were, I was bowling. They were holding a rake. Yeah. Like, well, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna mow the yard. And you're like, really missed opportunity. You're- it sucks because they set them, their jokes up. Like, these are jokes that should be told. And they're decent jokes, but they're so poorly set up and delivered that you're just like, how do you fuck up that joke? That's like, that's pudding. You just put the spoon in the pudding and then put the pudding in your mouth. It's easy. It's one of those that when you watch it, you're like an hour and 18 minutes or something like that. It was really short, and it wasn't like it needed this added, it needed that added, it could have been better if it had this. It could have been better if it just had the the leader and the tails of all those shots. Like, if it had some time to develop any of the humor, it either told a joke, and then it pretty basic basically, there was a cut, a joke, and then another cut ran that joke over with a train. Right. To where it never gave itself any time to do anything, and it wasn't because... The story was poorly told. It was that the editing condensed it to the point that there was nothing left. And you could have one one thing that really pissed me off about Wolf Cop and that it's ha- and it's happening a lot in these types of movies is that you must explain to the viewers what a werewolf is and that a man transforms into a wolf. It's one of those things that I've ran into a lot in being a production assistant and somebody that can't say anything about the movie that you're working on and you just watch people that are in charge and go, wow, I'm glad I'm not higher up on this food chain with you saying these things. Now we say things like the journey of the character and it's like, okay, it's a fucking werewolf. I know what a fucking the, werewolf the is. The title of the film is called Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop. Yep. He needs to be a wolf cop yep. in minute five, yep. not minute 40 fucking five of, yep. of a movie. We, we don't need to learn again the stereotypes of, of a werewolf and, and like Dracula movies are doing that. Vampire movies are doing that. I'm talking, and I'm not talking about glittery vampire movies. I'm talking about all of the vampire movies, all of the monster movies, all of the creature features, or anything that just has some sort of stereotype. Spider-Man's origin, once again. Yeah, we got it. We know we're not fucking stupid. Moving on. Do not uh, waste your time with Wolf Cop. Unfortunately, darn, it is a waste of time. I watched this by myself. Uh, so you guys don't have any experience. I don't even think you guys saw the first one, but Dead Snow, Red vs. Dead, which is a, uh, Norwegian film. Is that uh, the one with the Nazis? The Nazi zombies, correct, yes. I saw that. No, you didn't, you didn't see Dead Snow versus Red versus Dead. I watched it by myself last week. You saw the first one, probably. Yeah, they were they were in the cabin, and they stole the gold. Yeah, that's Dead Snow. I guess you oh. did see Dead Snow, but this is the sequel to Dead Snow. Oh, okay. No, then I haven't seen this one. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. It's not as good as the first. Oh, bummer. But uh, it's definitely a stinker do. It's still the same type of fun. There is some very good zombie jokes that I will not ruin. Uh, the concept of it is solid, that, uh, it's not really a zombie movie, it's just reanimated Nazis. Just, they're just Nazis that are, that can't be killed. Mm. And it's fun. It's a fun movie. I, I give, I give two thumbs for a do. Moving on to the last, Gary Daniels in Hawk's Vengeance. <gasps> do! do! Mega do. Yeah, me, uh, Hawk's Vengeance. <laughs> oh my god. If you're a man, Who's a friend with somebody who dies, and you've been hanging out and staying in his apartment, and he's dead, and his family's in town, and the cops are running around. What you should do is just fucking hide in his pantry until his brother shows up. Yeah, I think that's a good call. And then attack his brother with a frying pan. It's reasonable. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, good, uh, good tactic for life. I loved this movie so much; it was ridiculous. The ball punching. 
so much more than that. Like, just the sweet karate moves. Gary Daniels' face. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, his ultimate disguises. You mean the herp? The herp that creeps oh. in from oh, scene yeah. to scene? <laughs> the that he has. Gary herp. Daniels has a case of herpes in this film that that is sometimes shows up and sometimes does not show up, you but can, it is definitely herpes. You yeah, can he's tell, got the cold sore. You can tell the shooting schedule of the film by the size of the herpes or the lack thereof the herpes in the same spot on on his bottom lip. Yeah, Australian... Gary Daniels was definitely enjoying... Uh, is he Australian yeah, or is he UK? No, he's Australian. Ah. He was definitely enjoying the Hollywood scene that month while shooting. Maybe that's what that's the, the dirty secret of Australia. They come over here and get the herp from our Hollywood girls? No, they all have it. Oh, they're bringing the herp. Yeah. Kissing well, kangaroos. Or that they're all fucking criminals. Descendants of criminals. Well, that's what we're used to send them, right? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Half of our listenership is in Australia. Is it? Yeah, something like They're that. They're nice people. All three of them. It herpes isn't so bad. All three of them have herpes. Well, they have medication for it. It's it's. It doesn't work. The herp is one. I mean, in four I wouldn't know. Yeah, <laughs> nice Sam. <laughs> three out of three in Australia. Yeah, uh, Hawks Vengeance is a good time. I enjoy Gary Daniels' inventiveness in his fight choreography. He... It's very inventive. It's yeah. not. Uh, it's very far from what you would say classic action choreography would be. True. Or or tactics that you would want to employ in real life. No. Oh, like blowing up that guy with the napalm. That was freaking awesome. Yeah. Just any of the way he, he actually fought the people in this movie. If you were like a 10-year-old that was impressionable and thinks that this would be a good karate training video, yeah, dude. <laughs> this is this is one that gets your ass kicked at lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless you unless you do the ball punch that'll yeah. work out that'll work out good. i like gary daniels expressions like i the only t- i will be honest the only this is the only the second experience i've had with gary daniels he's kind of a rare breed uh but the first time was with fist of the north star which we all all three of us really enjoyed as well and i thought that he just made goofy faces because of the character in Fist of the North Star, because it's kind of a goofy movie with a far-out tail, and I was like, well, maybe he's just... This character's goofy. He makes the same ridiculous poopy faces... <laughs> he does. ...in in Hawk's Vengeance when like somebody's like, your brother's died, and then he makes this like kind of a Zoolander-esque face, like, oh? It's just... that's What are you doing on screen, Gary? I mean, you're great! You're great! Well, I love Gary. I, I almost bought a dollar... Uh, video DVD. Sorry, I don't even know what the title of it was. At uh, uh, the pawn shop just a couple days ago, just because Gary Daniels was in it. You didn't buy it? Uh, no, I didn't. Gary Daniels is worth a buck. I'll yeah, tell you that right now. Yeah, I should have probably. That's a dumb move, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Somebody that somebody in the know picked that up. It's probably gone. I just. God damn it, loser. Life's not worth it. Good what thing you- there's not an Asian man in your pantry with a frying pan. Yeah. Good thing. Who's to say there's not? Where else do you keep your Asian men, Sam? (laughs) I keep mine in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of Asian men, we've got two special guests again today. Sean and Steve from the Thurman and Lala podcast. Guys, are you there? Coming live from Buffalo? How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Doing good. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you guys can make it and join us. And uh, we always look forward to what you guys have to say. So uh, what do you got for us today? Well, today, um, the last time we, when you guys did our show, we uh, talked about how much we love bad movies sometimes. A good stinker. There's nothing better than that. I love the that cliche moment, whether it be a piece of dialogue or just something super cheesy, that when you're watching a movie, you could be 10 minutes in and all of a sudden you realize this is a piece of shit. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> you, you discover, you know, you're like, oh, I'm I'm in for a fucking really either great terrible time or just a boring terrible time that'll be fun <laughs> to make fun of later with your friends. <laughs> so Steve was talking about uh, dialogue in war movies. Usually the dialogue between soldiers, like when they're kind of like making fun of each other, is like the worst thing to sit through. They're just trying to force. You know what I'm talking. Yeah, they have like the worst like like banter back and forth like the like the dude bro talk like oh you're you're a pussy dude yeah. your dick is tiny you look just like how i feel you know <laughs> like it's so stupid like uh aliens for a perfect example right oh, classic movie classic movie i love it but the dialogue between the soldiers is the worst fucking thing you could have po- it's like you you had like a gi joe like polstering doll and that's where he <laughs> fucking james cameron took his ideas from <laughs> you know what i mean do they ever have well, i think you could say that about anytime bill paxton's on screen oh god why why is that guy like top build man i don't know <laughs> Twi- he's the best he's the best i, I know the worst yeah that's <laughs> how great is twister it's just so that's what i'm talking about so terribly amazing how cheesy that movie is a mediocre and actor and a mediocre looking woman <laughs> <laughs> getting blown around yeah, those are the type of philip seymour hoffman's nutsack that was probably the most entertaining that was in that movie of, yeah His nuts were hanging out of his shorts right <laughs> yeah well you guys know what we're talking about trying to forget everything about twister there's, it's like one of those urban legend rumor things that you can Google it. You can, you can. There's a scene where you can see Philip Seymour Hoffman's nutsack. It's not as cool <laughs> as a Basic Instinct fucking you know crossover or Sharon Stone snatch. It's fucking Philip Seymour Hoffman's fucking ball sack. Yeah. Well, that's an Academy Award winning ball sack. Yes, right it is. The late ball sack. The late ball sack. Yeah, the late sorry. Have you guys seen the Wiener and Teen Wolf? Yeah, didn't there's a sequence uh, where they're showing like the crowd at like a basketball game yeah. and some dude pulls his dick out. Is right? it like the just finger pulls through it the out zipper and then thing? Wanders off. What's that? Left it in the movie. Oh, is it an actual how. dick or is it like the finger? Oh yeah, he yeah. like puts his pants to his knees and pulls his shirt up to like right below the chest and just stands there for a second cock out. It is amazing. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> and that's All uh, right, so so you've got uh Terrible banter between tough guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, showing male genitalia. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Genitalia. Uh, Accidental male genitalia. I love like horror movies. Like, always around Halloween, they just start churning out bullshit, lazy horror movies because they know like teenagers will go. If they make them PG-13, they'll rack in at the box office with kids having their parents drive them up to go see some scary bullshit movie. For sure. Around Halloween. Try to finger their girlfriend. But I love right. those terrible movies. It's like they're not even trying. And one of my favorite lines is when they they just write such a convoluted story, they get themselves stuck in a corner, so they have to have like the priest or the old sassy wise black lady come in and explain what's happening. And then there's this part where the there's always this moment. It's happened like a billion times <laughs> where the main character stops and goes, "What exactly are you trying to tell me?" <laughs> it's like they have to break it down, which is pretty much them being like, "All right, this script got really fucking confusing, yeah, and we need we... to have some, you know, sassy Jamaican lady come in and explain what the fuck is going on now." We, we talked about did, we talked about Transformers Four right before, didn't we? The Marky Mark one. Yeah. yeah. Do you realize in that movie how many times they explain exactly what is going on while the movie is going on? And that's a three-hour fucking movie, dude. It happens like 15 times. They have to break it down and, and explain every, literally everything as it's happening. Like, you can't tell by watching it. That's funny, because I did they, see that, and I couldn't tell you the first thing I don't, about it. I had there's to, a hot girl, and then Marky Mark's, like, working out. I'll put your robots. stupid face in. <laughs> fucking, why? I don't know. But I also noticed that they uh, three times 
had to tell you what happened in the previous Transformers movie, so yeah. you knew it was a Transformers movie <laughs> because none of the old other actors were in it. Yeah, you couldn't tell by the fucking Transformers. <laughs> yeah. The giant fucking robots. In their defense, there was no Transformers in that movie for the first hour. Yeah. That wow, that movie was unnecessary. Are they making wrong. another one? Why? Yeah, they're, they're going to make six all together. Yeah, oh, they're going to make a so, sixth one. I think Bruce Jenner's in the next one as one of oh, the Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> what does he transform into, an actual human? It looks like he's transforming into a lady right now. Oh, uh, yeah, with the word lady used uh, with quotes. <laughs> what did Steve said? That Fembot. The, Steve said that Bruce Jenner looks like um, Will, Will, Willem, Willem Dafoe. Dafoe in Boondock Saints when he dresses as the, the woman and sneaks into the mob house, dresses as the hooker. Oh, sure, absolutely. Hooker. Right? Exactly like that. Okay, so plot explanation. Oh yeah, over explanation. What else? What else we got? Um, last time when we talked, didn't we talk about the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie? I think we brought yeah, that we up. We never mention it again. <laughs> yeah, that might have been. Yeah, I think we brought it up because that's just my example for another movie that uh, the same type of tricks that they use over and over and over again, where it's like the main dude and he's fucking cool guy and his alarm goes off and oh shit he's late and his apartment's messy but there's like a hot girl calling him and he's late to work and he try and it's like rock and roll music and then when he gets there. You know, the colonel or whatever is like, God damn it, Ryan Reynolds, you <laughs> son of a bitch, you're late. And then, but the last minute, he pulls it off and he <laughs> flies the plane or fixes the thing or does whatever. And they're like, if you weren't so goddamn good, <laughs> you'd be out of here. You'd be on your ass. God damn it. You're worthless, but if you yeah. were so goddamn good out there. Just that, that like the hero is just flying by the seat of his pants, man. <laughs> just it's, all uh, the time. Yeah, he's Maverick every time from Top Gun. Yeah, they just keep doing the same character over and over with that type of shit. But and it's in Beverly Hills Cop too, the yelling com- the yelling captain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just drinking Pepto Bismol and screaming at him. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was a uh, last action hero, remember that movie? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And yeah, his that's, captain that's literally his ears were steaming like a fucking top. looney tune. Yeah. Yeah, well, that one's great because it, it plays on all these cliches. Oh, yeah. Oh, I Jack love Slater. that movie, man. Get your ass in here, Jack Slater. I got to scream in your face and spit at you for a couple minutes. <laughs> Do you understand what he's saying? <laughs> I like yeah, with a they... couple of acres. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I remember that. And he kicks him in the balls. Right? Yeah. He has a couple of acres. <laughs> That's what a terrible joke. Oh, it's great. What about yeah? I love that movie. What about yeah? That's so underrated. Did anyone else notice that that kid looks exactly like Harrison Ford? Really? I did not notice that. (laughs) No, he looks like he's just a little fucking asshole, Harrison Ford kid. Really? (laughs) Yeah, totally. I'll have to fucking Google. I've only seen him in two things: that uh, Last Action Hero and My Girl Two. Oh Oh. god, terrible! And both featured a tar pit. Somebody gave him a job. Yeah, (laughs) twice. I wonder if they saw Last Action Hero first. Well, yeah, he's, I, he's I would garbage. Assume. Well, totally, totally. But so is my girl too. So they're like, well, he's probably yeah. cheap. I guess yeah, it matches yeah. up. <laughs> they're both there in each other's range. Who played his daughter in Last Action Hero? Wasn't it like a super hot blonde? The girl, the Billy Madison. It's Billy Madison's girlfriend. girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Yes, but it's all '80s. She's always wearing workout gear and like really Veronica big Vaughn. white sneakers. Yeah, Veronica Vaughn. What the hell is her name? Who knows? Uh, She's one fine piece of ace. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, read it the other day because she was in fucking. We were trying to think of what she was. Uh, Mortal Kombat too. Mortal she was, Kombat. Yeah, yeah. Was she She's, in uh, Sonya. Yes, or not Sonya. So, yeah, Sonya Blade. Yeah, Sonya Blade. Yes. And she's hot in all of those, so good for her. I hope she's doing she, well. She uh, married Pete Sampras. Oh, what a dick. Who's that? Yeah. Pete Sampras? Yeah, I don't know who that is. Explain. The, the tennis player. Oh, he's a tennis player? Right. Well, that's yeah, like, well, like the tennis, tennis player. player. Oh. Handsome, rich, good-looking, athletic, 
He went downhill. I saw a picture of him recently. He's lost all of his hair, and he's quite portly. All right. There you go. See, that's um, why you strike on the Veronica Vaughn when you're in your prime. When right, your yeah. tennis racket's hot. Yeah. You get her used to that lifestyle. She can't go back. She can't leave when you're fat and ugly. Yeah. yeah. He's I'd... still rich as shit, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. There we go. No, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> all right, so classic fuck-up, but totally awesome guy. Yeah, the, 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 the hero. Um... Did you ever see, like, there's major movie mistakes in a lot of shit. And I saw one when I was, you know, like, uh, the classic, like, the guy in Star Wars, one of the stormtroopers hits his head and they left it in. Teen mm-hmm. Wolf guy pulls his dick out. They yeah. left it in. I the, was uh, watching... the boob that pops out of the dancing lady in Return of the Jedi. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Oh, I one did not the, know uh, that. What are those called? The Twi'leks? They're the, Twi'leks, Twi'leks titties. Yeah. the ones with the long cone heads. Oh, wow. When she's pulling against the chain on Jabba's neck. Yeah, when she falls down. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's right. awesome. Well, I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I put that boob in the spank bank many times when I was about 13. Like, what color? You can pull, you can yank on those movie? fucking, on those, her little tentacle things on the back of her head, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's hot. Isn't she blue? So it's a blue boob or is she green? Uh, no, they didn't paint her boob, obviously. Oh. So it's just a, uh, it's just a. Oh, you're un- right. I'm an idiot. Why would they? Flopper. Yeah, right. They George Lucas it? just half-assed. It. That sucks. Paint yeah. the whole well, body. They paint her, a guy. <laughs> well, I mean, but if it's your job to paint her, you're gonna be like, oh, I gotta get those boobs painted too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never know. Authenticity. They're like, this paint's really not good for her skin. Just do it. <laughs> yeah, take I your top off. Also, must paint with my face. Yeah. So uh, let's get in that butthole for authenticity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really get in the mindset. We might not see it on camera, but just get into the character. <laughs> okay. What the fuck was I just going to say? I don't know. Now space, all I'm thinking about boobs. Is, yeah. What about in really unnecessary, like, here's a couple of acres made me think of, obviously in Last Action Hero, they're making fun of it, and it's the cliche, they're making fun of the Last Action Hero, but there are those movies where it's like, dude, why are you guys joking around so much like in like tango and cash when like they're escaping the prison and there's like a thousand people after him and they're just ribbing each other just like hey, hey you're a fag like just making cute jokes and it's like you guys are gonna die <laughs> you're surrounded by death yeah just stop making cute jokes like indiana jones like is always herman like short round i'd kick that little kid i'd be like dude you can't follow me anymore like, like dude where are your little fucking gadgets from the goonies man that could have helped us out a lot <laughs> Um, yeah. Can you think of any, Steve, of any, uh, just unnecessary comedy in a, in a movie that should be an action movie that's supposed to be scary, supposed to be intense things happening? Well, like, you know, there's the whole 80s thing, like, you know, next time you drive the van type of thing, or like, you know, like the, the the thing I don't like in, in movies like that is when people say... Um, both actors or whatever will say the same thing at the same time. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Whoa! <laughs> like, that, like, that is the worst. They finish each other's sentences. But it's supposed to be campy, but it's still it's something that really just gets under my skin. Yeah, it's campy to us because we're watching it in that mindset. But you know that there was some dude who was like, this is brilliant, and he was thinking he was going to get well, an yeah, Oscar. but, like, somebody had to make that. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not yeah. just campy didn't exist before. Like, it was just something that we took down from the cosmos. <laughs> somebody had to actually make it that way, and then we had to deal with it. And call it something. Yeah, where he's like, "This is hilarious," and they're all embarrassed because it wasn't supposed to be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's campy. Yeah, <laughs> it's campy. Great. Yeah, sure, we'll go with that. Cheesy's like out. Diesel claiming that, uh, it promising that oh, yeah. Furious Seven was going to win the Oscar this year for Best, Best Picture. Picture. Yeah, he guaranteeing yeah. the win. Hey man, you know what they say? Seventh time's the charm. He's <laughs> <laughs> got it right noise. this time. Yeah. Why? Just because Paul Walker died? I guess so. Take it as yeah. a sign. 
Well, maybe there, we didn't. We don't know that there's going to be a new category for best performance flying a car out of a plane. <laughs> At which point they're a shoe in. Yeah, yeah, that's really specific. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, they got that one in the bag there. Yeah. yeah. Well, right on, guys. Why don't you tell us about your podcast? Uh, our podcast, the Thurman and Lala podcast, uh, available at Thermopolis.com every Monday. We try. Yeah. <laughs> but most Mondays, we, we try to get them up. It started as me and Steve are both musicians, and we play around the Buffalo and the Western New York area. So uh, when we were trying to promote our band, a lot of people were going, do a newsletter, or do an email list, and it just kind of felt boring. Yeah, we couldn't do it without like feeling stupid. To be like, to just type up like, hey guys. Hey gonna... gang. Yeah, hey <laughs> gang. It just felt dumb. So I was listening to a lot of podcasts by comedians who were doing their podcasts and then promoting their gigs. So I was like, fuck it, let's just start doing that. And then all of our conversations just started getting more and more hilarious. And yeah, that dying. always goes to some sort of dick joke or... Yeah, something, you know. we just get to this weird place, and then it just kind of spawned away. We still try to promote some shows and stuff once in a while, but it has spawned a life of its own. And now we've been doing a lot of guest uh, spots. If I, We find mm -hmm. people who have some weird thing they're into um we just had a girl on who has a her and her cousin started this topless rollerblading coalition group it's in almost New York like a City. free the nipple thing but yeah it's one of those but, but on wheels yeah but on wheels yeah on wheels yeah nipples on ice <laughs> <laughs> um so she came in to discuss her uh, her her uh, organization, and we just made tit jokes for forty five minutes constantly. Just There's <laughs> no way that we couldn't do it. But I mean, in all good respect, we weren't just like making fun of her. She still anything. got her point out, but it was really fucking hilarious to do. That. She probably could have got her point out in about fifteen minutes, but the show was like forty five minutes because we kept making titty joke after titty joke <laughs> after titty joke. You know, yeah. So it's just uh, completely uncensored. We just roll with it, hit record, see what happens. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, you guys are hilarious. Uh, I enjoy every one of your episodes. Uh, you guys are always good for a solid laugh, and especially on uh, with your guys' release schedule on Monday. I think everybody needs something like that yeah. on on Monday. Yeah, it's the worst so, day of the uh, week, you know. Yeah, we, we definitely we highly recommend you guys, and uh, uh, our listeners will definitely have to check you guys out. So thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. It's always a good time. We will, of course, have you guys on again. So. Uh, Check, check you guys out at Thermopolis.com. Is that correct? Yes. yes. T-H-U-R-M-O-P-O-L-I-S. There's a right bunch on. of a bunch of other shows. Steve does a DJ music show. I do a travel show with my girlfriend. We're going to Ireland next month. There's a bunch of stuff we do on that There's website. There's videos, too, of segments of the show. Like Oh, yeah. The videos are hilarious. Yeah. It's kind of like animated uh, sections of w w what we talk about. So a lot of dick jokes and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a quick reference if you just want to see what we do in the show. And yeah. then before you decide to actually to commit you know, to a yeah. whole episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like it's like the Dick and Teen Wolf, but just on loop, just yes, over constantly. and over and over. Just get to the good part. It <laughs> 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 was great having those guys. I want to say thanks to Sean and Steve again for showing up. Love having those guys over. Funny guys. Yeah, I, they're genuinely funny. Yeah. I, I, it's it's unfortunate sometimes when we talk with them that we have that sort of preamble before we even start recording. And sometimes we just lose our our best jokes just talking to them. Yes, indeed. Because just just saying hi and they're off the cuff. It involves guys. some it involves some funnies. Yeah, yeah, they're witty. Uh, so be sure to check them out at thermopolis.com or on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Sam, please tell us about Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls was made in 1970 and directed by Russ Meyer. Russ Meyer directed amateur films from the age of 15. 
In World War II, he served as a U.S. Army combat cameraman for the 166 Signal Photo Company. The 166 Signal Photo Company was the official photo unit in General George S. Patton's Third Army during World War II. Those serving with the U.S. Army Signal Corps' 166 Photographic Unit landed in Normandy with the 29th Infantry Division. Many of the unit's veterans, such as Russ Meyer and Stanley Kramer, had success in the world of cinema and photography. Stanley Kramer, of course, being the auteur of some of the more famous message movies, such as The Defiant Ones and Look Who's Coming to Dinner. Meyer also had a message, and that message was boobs. Boobs. Boing, boing, brown, brown. Oh, my eye! <laughs> Reading you loud and clear, Russ. Tune in, Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what they're doing over there. That's what Neenu, Russ is Neenu. doing. That's <laughs> what I want to do every time I see a Russ. I don't really want to tune in, Tokyo. I've never... Actually, I've tried it a couple times. Yeah, I've tried it a couple It times. doesn't work. <laughs> no, I can't. What? I put the headphones on. Put the plug up her butt and then try to tune in Tokyo. Well, Nothing works. So I try to tune in. I don't usually go that far with it. Like, oh. uh, <laughs> I, I just you should do. Yeah, I try to try to you know make the boobs work as a radio. And one, it doesn't turn on the woman. And two, you don't actually get any radio reception. Yeah. Beyond Russ Meyer's fixation with use, huge cans, his films also prominently feature a flagrant lampooning of American values or those being pushed to the contemporary uh, people of the time that his films were made. It was in World War II that, according to Meyer, he found himself at a French brothel with Ernest Hemingway, who, upon finding Hey-o. out that Meyer was a virgin, offered him the prostitute of his choice. Meyer picked the one with the largest breasts. Duh. What a surprise. <laughs> Meyer was also known for his quick wit. While participating with uh, Roger Ebert in a panel discussion at Yale University, he was confronted by an angry woman who accused him of being nothing but a breast man. His immediate reply, that's only the half of it. I thought it was funny. People that uh, have a sense of humor will as well. I, I don't get it. Yo, what's yeah, the other half? Oh, Butts? Boy. Butts? Breast man. Breast man? So the other half is he's man? The other boob. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, singular. There's two of them. Oh, oh I feel uh, dense now. Okay, get it. That was, that was tough, guys. That That's was about a... as good as the delivery in Wolf Cop. <laughs> yeah. No. No, I don't know. <laughs> Film historian Jimmy McDonough uh, posits that Russ Meyer's usage of physically and sexually overwhelming female characters places him in his own separate genre. He argues despite portraying women as sex object, Meyer nonetheless depicts them as more powerful than men and is therefore an inadvertent feminist filmmaker. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I can yes. agree. Oh, inadvertent, sure. Inadvertent, yes. And Think about Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Oh, absolutely. Those no. are some tough old broads. Yeah, they are. And they got huge boobs. They're like, whoa, <laughs> my God. Doing? How did you find those women? Yeah. Uh, Meyer owned the rights to nearly all of his films and spent the majority of the 1980s and 90s making millions reselling his films in the home video and DVD market. He worked out of the very same Los Angeles, California home he lived in and usually answered the phone to take the orders himself. Boobs on the line. This is Russ. Uh, Russ Meyer's tombstone reads, Russ Meyer, king of the nudies. I was glad to do it. Film producer and director. Allow me to get something off my chest. Shirts. On the whole, I'd rather be back at that brothel in Paris. Yeah, probably not. I imagine everything else with the World War II was kind of a downer. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they talk about it, you know, I'll get sidetracked briefly, like, oh, he wasn't with there with a gun. No, he was in a war without a gun. 
that fucking sucks, man. Getting running around and shotting at him, what do you do? I can take a picture of this guy who's fucking shooting at me. Storming the beach of Normandy with a fucking camera? That's gotta suck. Uh, Roger Ebert wrote the screenplay, sharing story credit with Meyer. They would also team up for Up and Beneath the Valley of the Ultra Vixens. The story of an old man who finds love in the the story of a couple of boobs that make your boner go up. Oh, oh, yeah, that was later. Doing, Uh, doing. Yes. Gotcha. If you saw the movie poster to either Up or Beneath the Valley of the Ultra Vixens, you would wonder why they put words on it at all. Just, (laughs) you know what's going on here. Like, yes, boobs. I am ready for this movie already. I'm not really going to talk about Roger Ebert uh, as I did about Russ Meyer. I periodically go to Reg- RogerEbert.com and I read his blog entries. I would encourage you to do that rather than listen to anyone speak, in, speak of him secondhand because really anything he had to say, it's on his damn website. Go read it. It's good stuff. You should explain why you're even bringing that up. Just briefly for those that don't understand. That Roger Ebert has a website? No, that Roger Ebert wrote this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I said that. that. Edit that part out. Yeah, nice. Uh, John Lazar is most notable for playing Z-Man... In this film. Z-Man. Dolly Reed and Cynthia Myers are notable for being in Playboy and being in this film. Erica Gavin is actually more known for her lead in Russ Meyer's Vixen than for her role in this film. Stu Phillips provides the score and is recognized as the composer for such TV themes as Knight Rider, Battlestar Galactica, Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, The Fall Guy, and various other Glenn Larson productions like BJ and the Motherfucking Bear. Oh, and Doogie Howser, MD. No. BJ and the Bear, though. I think that's the the Halloween song, not the one from Doogie Howser. Or it could have been Battlestar Galactica as well. According to Roger Ebert's audio commentary on the DVD, Russ Meyer was unaware the film was going to get an X rating. And Roger said that Russ would have added more nudity and sex to the film if he knew beforehand. No duh, dude. This is so tame for an X movie, it's dumb. This is the tamest of X movies I've ever seen. Originally intended as a sequel to Valley of the Dolls, uh, Jekyll and Suzanne submitted a screenplay for a sequel when Fox found it unsatisfactory. Their contract gave them the right to produce a separate version. So this is another one of those Fox deciding that they can make a better movie. This is the one time out of a thousand that it fucking worked out. Because mm. I didn't really care for Valley of the Dolls. I don't know. <laughs> Again, I was like a 16-year-old dude when I saw it, so it's not really for me, but uh, yeah. This is frequently touted as Pam Greer's film debut. She received an on-screen credit, and a photo of her in the party scene was prominently featured in 1970s Playboy layout for the film. Her role is very brief. She can't even be seen as an extra, which is why in the Keep out, keep an Eye Out for she's not one of those keep people. Keep an eye who's... out for Pam Greer's boobs? She's not even, you can't, I, Chest? I, don't, I, I don't think she's even Hand? in the movie. I think she got left on the cutting room floor. Oh. The Strawberry Alarm Clock did the soundtrack for this Incense, film. Incense, peppermint, scribble again. Yep. That's uh, in the first party scene. It's groovy, man. Yeah, it is groovy. Far out, dude. <laughs> the character of Ronnie Z-Man Barzell Z-Man. was based loosely on the legendary record producer Phil Spector. While neither Russ Meyer or Roger Ebert had ever met Spectre, they were told by acquaintances of his that they had caught his essence very well. Who would have ever guessed that that guy would go on to kill people? Weird. Weird. During the infamous party, infamous final party held by Z-Man at his Malibu Beach Z-Man. house, the character Roxanne is wearing one of the Catwoman costumes from the old Batman TV series 
while her girlfriend Casey is wearing one of Burt Ward's old Robin costumes from the Batman TV series. And there is a couple of other costumes from the Batman TV series, at least two more. No one really knows how many of the Batman costumes made it into this thing that were used for the show. Actual Batman costumes That's in this weird. movie. Robin, hand me the bat boner pills. <laughs> I don't need those. I'm watching a Russ Meyer movie. I need the ones that make it go away. The boner repellent spray. Yeah, the boner the, repellent the, spray. The, the bat boner repellent spray. That's what I need right now. Uh, according to Roger Ebert's audio commentary, Roger Zeman Barzell's Z-Man. pad was originally a set to be used in Myra Breckenridge that wasn't going back to the whole, like, which one do I like better? And we're going to find out. I, I, I kind of have a, a sneaking suspicion that 15 years later, I'm probably going to like this one better. But we'll find out together. Keep an eye out for Henry Rowland, uh, who's known for being in Casablanca. Mm, oh yeah, and sure. Charles Napier, who's in all oh, sorts Charles of shit. Charles Napier, sure. Especially Rambo 2, or First Blood Part 2, Rambo, what is, is it just called First Blood Part 2? Or is it, no, it's Rambo First Blood Part, part two. 2. Correct. Yes. Rambo colon. That's all I've got. Rambo's that. colon, First Blood in your stool. No. <laughs> Come on, that's like the best joke I've ever told. No, it's not. No, it's not, but... <laughs> We're glad that you find yourself so damn entertaining. <laughs> that, I'm got, that's my next screenplay. <laughs> Ooh. TM. TM. Margaret. Well, I look forward to it. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I haven't either. I hope it stinks. This is coming out of the cellophane. I've had this in cellophane for over 10 years. I think this has been in the cellophane for 12 years. We're pulling it out for the podcast. I hope that in our advanced senior age that there's not some overlaying message that this film actually states that we didn't pick up on when we were young. Like, all we saw was the boobs, and now that we're older, we're like, oh, that's a real statement, Russ. Because then that would make it... Not there is a lot a of statements movie. about uh, American pop, like the sort of American, the the forced American values of the era are are prominently lampooned in his films. Oh. So there's going to be that, and then we're going to find out if my dick still works. All right. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> we'll need to run to the store and get some boner repellent, <laughs> which is basically just following it up with Brokeback Mountain. Why? Mm. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That man won an Academy Award, and he died. <laughs> right now, he's he's kissing another man's neck on a mountain, I think. I never watched it. All right, well, check that forthcoming episode out. And also, we've got a special episode. It's the Furious 7 Bad Movie Field Trip. So you got a lot to uh, catch up on this week. So we will see you then. And in the meantime, get to the chopper. Thank you for listening to Stinker Madness. If this is your first time, we hope you enjoyed it, and we'll come back to listen more. But now, we'd like to ask all of our listeners for a small favor. We aren't ranking as high as we'd like, and we need your help. Would you please take just a couple of minutes to rate and review us on your preferred listening platform, be it iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you can. It takes many hours each week to bring you this show, and just a couple seconds of your time is a huge help for us. And for those of you that have already done this, we say thank you. <laughs>